Right, welcome to this week's episode of the Creation Podcast. Um, as promised last week, um, I'm here with Lucy, Creation's Chief Executive, um, as this, this year marks her 10 years at Creation. Um, so I thought we'd have a little recap. You might have seen there's a profile in the Oxford Times, which we've been sharing on social media, but we thought we'd get more of the tales from behind the scenes. Um, yeah, so Lucy, 10 years. Yes. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, cue all the... Uh, wedding anniversary jokes I think you get longer for murder less time for <laughs> less murder less time for murder um, well so yeah so that's two, what uh, 2008 god that's yes. me taking 10 off 18 um, and so what was creation like in 2008 busy <laughs> so uh, when I first started we were based in an office in St Clement's on, up on the third floor and we were just coming up to a season when we had four shows on so we had a Midsummer Night's Dream that was a promenade in Hedington Hill Park and had levitation and illusions and the moped in it and was oh, it was amazing it was a association show it was it was incredible and then we had a really uh really lovely production of much ado about nothing was at oxford castle and at the same time oxford castle animal farm uh which was really fun uh love to it's on the bucket list of ones that would be lovely to do again and then we had an amazing one-man show called saints and sinners which was on um in st michael at the Northgate. so four shows at once so, you know, people think, you know, at times we feel really busy now and it's like, oh, we're just coasting it. We're only doing two. <laughs> two shows, easy. Four shows. But I wasn't really involved in, in most of that. I, you know, I popped along to see the shows every now and then. But, you know, I probably saw each of those shows once or twice because really I was, I was education manager. So the focus of all my efforts was building up the education programme. Um, yeah, because when I started... We had about 11 children doing a drama club at Sandhill School once a week. And, that, and then we did some workshops in the summer. We do a few workshops in the summer, but really David had taken me on to go, look, there's potential here. This is something we need, we need to grow. Uh, yeah, can you do that? And then sort of turned up and it was like, can you do it now? Can you do it really quickly? Because <laughs> um, sort of, that summer with those four shows on was also a pretty wet summer. Um, and none of those productions had wet weather back up. So it was, it was, it was a quite a challenging, quite a challenging yeah. time. Our press night for Midsummer Night was cancelled because it was too wet. And I saw that Animal Farm. It must have been my yeah. like second or third year at university, and in the whole, I came back in the holidays, and my parents had booked tickets, mm-hmm. and I remember it being absolutely freezing and wet. And I remember David standing up at the end and like rattling a bucket because it was so yeah. Because it was, grim and it's, you know, if summer. you're doing four shows, that's quite high risk. That would be, you know, Creation must have been spending. Gosh, I've never looked back on the budget. Perhaps I should do now, you know, deal with budgets all the time. It'd be interesting to see what the budgets were like for that year. But I would imagine there was £300,000 worth of, of show and producing risk being taken that summer. And then it just kept sort of raining. And I think it was one of those frustrating summers. And we've had some since where it's not sort of biblical washouts. Mm. It's not like 2007. It's not that it's flooding. And if you speak to someone who's not in open air work they're probably going to say to you oh yeah someone was all right but actually you're getting two or three nights a week that are just damp and gray and a bit mm-hmm. wet and people don't really want to come out and see the theater and what's probably changed enormously in the last 10 years is that at that point you know our booking system you know i think i'm trying to think did we even have online booking we must have had some online booking then but really it was largely all booked by people phoning up and people booking in advance. Not many people would sort of book on the day or on on the door because the mechanism of booking was more complicated. You needed to phone and speak to someone in the box office and talk to the tickets and put in your credit card details. Um, So people booked further in advance than they do these days, which meant that if you had to cancel a show because it rained, 
the admin involved yeah. in contacting all of those people. And you couldn't, you know, most of them didn't, we didn't have emails for as well. So it wasn't these days, in the very, very rare instances when it snows and we can't get into the North Wall, we can email the customers as well as phoning them. So we have multiple routes mm-hmm. and we can text message most of them too. We have multiple avenues that in a really extreme emergency situation we can contact our audience and in those days you just had to try and phone them and then and then sit waiting on the phone for them to call you and find out what was going on and so yeah it was and but you know even now you look back on it and the ambition of what David and the team were doing then was just incredible and the quality of the shows and Mm. I think it's really easy to feel that the work we make now is the most groundbreaking and the most exciting thing and the best because every year you're pushing the boundaries and trying to do the best thing you can and then you look back 10 years ago and you go, oh, creation's just always, yeah. just always been doing that. You know, it's like all oh, that those shows were, I, I would be really proud to produce those shows now. And I think they would stand up to an audience 10 years later would just be just as impressed with them. And just no, as I think, by I, them. think I have that, like the sliding doors moment of, I probably chose to see Animal Farm because it was kind of edgy and political and I was a student. And I missed the Lizzie Hopley, Nick Osmond, mm. Beatrice and Benedict. Like, I'll never be able to see that show. And, it, and knowing both of them and having worked with both of them in shows, like, yeah. I and, and Olivia imagine. too, Olivia Mays, oh, who wrote oh, and, don't make and it worse. was phenomenal in playing <laughs> the king for us last year. Like, yeah. you know, I, mean, I suppose that's a lovely kind of, uh, I would say, a sort of thread that goes through the last 10 years is it's incredible how many people... I met that first year who were in shows or who were doing work that we still work with today and mm. people go away and you know uh Nick Osmond goes and is in the Lion King for ages and then he comes back and he's Scrooge and yeah. you can sort of think people have kind of sort of moved on and doing other work and then you get the right show or the right moment in their career and they come back and they work with us again and you know and that's a lovely feeling when you've been here long enough that you can sort of see artists develop and grow and how their careers have gone and the people who were starting their acting careers at that point and are now writing or directing or you know doing all kinds of exciting things so so yeah so in some some respects it was a very busy time when I joined and things about creation were different but there's a lot about it which feels like it's the same and that there's a legacy which goes through and that you know David had built up an incredible following and an incredible company you know 10 years ago um, and I think we, you know, the last ten years, and and especially the last the last kind of, sort of five six years since he left, have really been sort of preserving that that legacy and kind of pushing the boundaries of it and finding where the new kind of interest and the new how we keep creation feeling current and exciting, but in a way that is really very grounded in in that work that happened in that kind of first oh gosh, what would it be first twelve years of building up creation and and you know Oxford is an incredible place to make work that that we are so privileged that we can the shows we can make that we know an audience will be game to come and, and see and the venues they'll go to uh, yeah just just we're very very lucky we we sort of have talked about how the how creation is is a slightly strange um kind of beast because most theatres are run by an artistic director with director being because they direct some of the shows because if you're looking at Emma Rice at the Globe she would then direct the summer season whereas we've we've called you creative producer or artistic producer or but actually your background is sales but I I feel like that stands you in really good stead to run a company like Creation which is actually about being innovative being kind of audience focused you know such a like easy thing to bandy around in an application but actually meeting the audience working front of house talking to them at every show not locking yourself in a room and directing the thing you want to direct 
every yeah. season but going, yeah. I'm going to run this as a sales manager basically of what's an efficient way to run the company there's an awful lot of, of um, like really there's a, the principal skill that I think can be applied to so many different types of career that is really really creative and exciting is problem solving and I think often people feel that if they're problem solving something in a budget or something to do with marketing or something to do with with organisationally how you do something or, or with managing people, it's not creative. And that if you're not sort of making a piece of work or painting a painting, <laughs> you're not being creative. And actually for me, you know, I would say that the thing that sort of links my career before creation where I worked, I sort of, I worked in children's education and managing um, children's tuition sessions centers at explore learning and then i became their sales manager but i would say that really there again it was all it was problem solving things as they came up and motivating people and looking at the challenge and how you were going to kind of meet that challenge and and actually that was really transferable to education at creation but then what surprised me when i sort of went into the producing side at creation and and sort of you know becoming chief executive was it's the same things actually it's just being Mm. resilient and problem solving and each challenge that comes up going okay we've got to find a way through this let's try this let's try this and looking at things from a different angle and and you know we call it stream jumping that i read in probably in some sort of awful management book but you know about how how you can get stuck on one kind of line of thinking and often you solve the problem when you just step out and you look at it from a totally different way or you you know you go and do a different activity that's not related and you suddenly i mean how often is a problem solved when like i'll wake up in the morning at 6am and just think Oh yeah, I mean this is what we need to do, <laughs> you know. Or at an odd moment, and I think there's there's so much creativity that can be learned from other jobs and other sectors that's that's to do with that kind of approach and problem solving. And that sometimes we just sort of think if you're not the person creating a show as a sort of artist, that that your job doesn't have those values in it. It's um, it's weird because I don't mean to play down the like loosey sort of artistic credentials because there's also this like alternative lucy who like does a crazy performing arts degree and zips herself into a duffel bag and like so it's not so not to say that like creation is run as a business because because there is I think a it's kind that of we, artistic that, but background we, but we do value business yeah we do we do value what can be learned from business mm. i think i think is what what you're saying and what i think is really strong at creation we try and really preserve and why we probably never have a sort of artistic director mm. because actually for us it is about we don't get core funding you know we we exist from ticket sales we're trying to grow our kind of donors and our sort of relationships with funders but it is actually about being sustainable and making work that and I think what actually is really interesting is that when you are looking at it in a kind of slightly more commercial way and you're very influenced by business you really the people you care most about are your audience what do our audience want to see? What do our audience experience want to be? Where should we be taking our audience that they'll be excited about? How do we challenge our audience a little bit, but in a way they won't be uncomfortable with? What are the boundaries for our audience? And I think that's that's a really important distinction. It can very easy it can be very easy in the arts to become driven by your own. This is the show I want to make, or this is the issue I really care about right now, and I have to make this work as a cathartic process for myself. And then other people should see it because it will be good for them to see all these things I am channeling that I am feeling right now. And actually for us, it's really about who who those people are in the audience, what they want to see, what they enjoy, the feedback we get from them. And, you know, and there are times when we'll sort of think, oh, I mean, you know, Midsummer Stream last year was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It was the best show we've ever 
I shouldn't say that because I love all the shows. It was one of the, the most, uh, the best experiences of, of sort of putting together a show and putting an audience in an incredible uh, situation that they loved. And then this year, sort of not, you know, we're not doing a show that's quite like that, and we're pushing our artistic boundaries in different ways. But you very quickly speak to the audience who are so desperate for a dream show again that you're like, yeah. well, we've got to do, you know. We, so we're already working on the one for next year and just like. Yeah, just being really responsive to to our to our audience, but also trying to grow them as well. You know, if you're too responsive to the same patch of people all the time, how are you ever going to attract new people in? So it's kind of getting that balance with the work as well of who are the people who are coming in and why did they start seeing creation shows in the first place? And how do we apply that to a new group of people and get them to come and see theatre and be excited about it? I'm just rambling now. <laughs> well, I was thinking I was thinking I should have prepared some like some questions about shows because I feel like we should have totted up in 10 years how many creation shows have you worked on or seen or been involved oh, gosh. in so I, I suppose yeah. Your, yeah your favorite show is a bit I think is a bit so of hard a, to it's like yeah. saying your favorite child just never tell anyone the truth and it just change, uh, changes on your mood on different days <laughs> and there's definitely yeah. some which are special from the last six years when we've sort of been leading the company for different reasons so like Jekyll and Hyde in Black Horse is a really special one for me because it's the first one we produced and it was this one-man show and I feel like the expectations of it were very, very low. Yeah. It's just a one-man show. And then it, it just went really, really well and Michael Palmer, who was in it, was absolutely lovely and we all really enjoyed our time hanging out with him and, yeah, and it was a great show and it just... It was one of those shows that it just, like, everything every aspect of it just performed exactly as it needed to the show the sales the audience experience the relationship with the venue it just was it was kind of flawless like as a project you know and then there's other shows we've done that have been incredible and you can look back on and go oh my god like that you know the music in that show was brilliant but you can also go oh but we had all those challenges with this and this and this so they get slightly tarnished by one thing that went wrong i think it's the ones that surprise you as well the ones where you think oh yeah we're doing hamlet in the parks oh it's so difficult Mm. on a different day but that might be my favorite creation show it was it was so the cast were amazing the setting was amazing the costume was amazing the like the cutting of the script i thought was really chris's and always love working with gary jones yeah yeah and the way that gary did with the script was so clever and but, and I think it was one that it's almost that the ones that sneak up yeah. on you, like a bit yeah. like Jekyll, that you underrate yeah. it and you go, "Well, yeah. I know what that's going to be," yeah. and then it totally like yeah, well, nineteen eighty four last year was just like yeah, the most incredible experience. To I mean, like that was the most the, the strongest feeling I've ever had in my life of uh, there being something that was far bigger than us. Yeah. That we, you know, like. Uh, the, how that because we started planning it about two three years ago oh it'd be nice to do 1984 one day and looking into it and talking to Jonathan about his adaptation and reading it and listening to it on the radio and oh this is great yeah we should do this but really seeing it as a classic text seeing it as an equivalent mm-hmm. to Shakespeare like this is an old story and oh yeah yeah we'll make it Cold modern war. and we'll make it make yeah. sense and all those things and then it just coincided with like Trump coming into the White House and fake news and talking about waterboarding and and uh, book sales went up 9,000% on Amazon and it just sold out. Like we barely, I mean, we literally didn't need to put out any print and promote it, but also that, you know, not just that it was positive from the sales side, but how it affected people and how kind of like sort of 
prescient it was to be doing it at that yeah, moment. Yeah, I think you could just... I think you could have watched that show five years before and not been as affected. Mm. I think it was it really got to people yeah. and loads of people yeah. would say, really enjoyed well, I'm not sure enjoyed is the right word, and that kind of feeling of like, how did I respond to that? But I think it was it was the show and the times. Yeah. And probably I think Brave New World, World, like certainly for me, is gonna have like actually I mean I cried when they did the read through in the opening bit and it it's sort of it's very relevant in a different way. I mean, Brave New World was relevant to sort of shocking world events, and uh, sorry, 1984 was relevant in these kind of shocking world events going on. But actually, Brave New World there's just so much about sort of how we are evolving as human beings mm. and how we relate to each other and the things that we value and what's becoming normal and that yeah, I find it very affecting and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting putting that in front of an audience and seeing. I think maybe, I don't know if any of this is like, I think subliminally there's maybe an influence coming in of me now having a 10-year-old who wants to be on the Xbox, on the phone all the time and the constant battle with trying to stop my children looking at screens 24 hours a day and then sort of coincidentally we're doing Brave New World which is all about like consumerism and VR and, you know, like, you know, people, be, you know, babies being... Um, born in well not born babies being sort of artificially created and all the kind of horrible things that happen in it um and we're doing swallows which is all about like get out in the sunshine and have adventures and go off on boats and then the theme that's really coming out of peter pan probably from gary having three children too is this thing as well of the kids wanting to look at screens and then going off to neverland for adventure so i think you know, I think they're all quite influenced, probably subliminally by my challenges with my own children, but also by a feeling that, you know, like Netflix and VR and Xbox and, you know, all these things are getting so good and so exciting and there's so much exciting media we can consume in those ways that when we go to the theatre, like theatre has a responsibility now to be as far removed from sitting and watching something on a stage as it can be because the difference between sitting in a dark auditorium and watching people dance around on a stage isn't that far removed from sitting and watching your television or sitting and putting your VR goggles on and watching mm. a film you know like we have to be doing the stuff where you can really like reach out and touch it and smell it and feel it and sense it and see the whites of their eyes and you know feel fully immersed in it and feel alive and you know what it is to be a human being in a world that has ducks that walk onto the stage <laughs> and planes that go overhead and people who accidentally jog through the back of the stage and those things aren't expected and aren't planned and you know and with the christmas shows as well even though they're in a more contained space we're kind of now sort of feeling that cabaret seating is a must at the mm. christmas shows because you can do that you can go amongst the audience you can ruffle their hair you can and you can have you a communal can, you can experience touch them. they can touch you you can you can be there together as human mm. beings experiencing this story and this you know this journey that you go on together in a way that you know so much of that you know and i you know i think charlie and i are both big fans of technology and developments and the way things go and it's not saying oh no it's bad we shouldn't be doing those things but you know theater has a responsibility to be providing the balance and i think that's what creation has positioned it it's sort of artistic program to deliver really well so well, I'm talking about the future now. Well, no, I was just ten years. No, no, it's the next ten years. Well, that's really what I was going to ask. Isn't it? Is like, I mean, I think this is an almost impossible question because if you look back at ten years ago, coming in to like to run the education mm-hmm. department to now, then I suspect like nobody's um, future casting is going to be any good. But what what are your ambitions for creation for the next ten years? Oh, that's. I think I. 
I'd like to sort of carry on doing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, actually, more of the same would actually be really lovely to keep being able to, you know, when you look back on all those shows in the last 10 years, you think another 10 years of that would be great. That would mm-hmm. be lovely. We'd be really happy then. I think, you know, shows like Dream, the kind of, those kind of shows where actually are working with lots of venues and lots of actors and lots of real world kind of environments are really exciting. And I'd love to see us do more of that work. Um, they do require more money and more funding and more arts council funding. So there's huge challenges to be able to maintain that kind of work. Um, I think we'd love to grow our reputation a bit beyond Oxford, which is always a difficult one because we love Oxford and Oxford loves us and we wouldn't be where we are without Oxford. And we will never, ever leave that behind. And we will always be producing work in Oxford sort of, you know, as a first priority. But to grow our reach, to kind of reach audiences, to share the work with more people, but also to open up new venues, new opportunities, been talking uh, to Zoe Seaton and, and Paul Boyd, who's an amazing um, musical director, yesterday about a project that really would sit well in a kind of military barracks or a sort of military museum. And we were sort of going, oh, well, you know, there's, there's, there's must be hundreds of those around the country. You know, the scope to make a show that could go and do a couple of nights in lots of really interesting venues mm-hmm. that really complement the work you're making um, is really exciting. So I think we'd love to see ourselves kind of grow to just take on those opportunities and I think that's what's always been exciting at Creations we've been able to sort of be quite intuitive about taking opportunities as they come up and letting them run and really go with it and you know like the Westgate this summer is a great example of that Westgate approached us what can you do here Hmm. felt like Bravery World was the only appropriate thing to do in a brand new shopping centre and then it happened and but we didn't sort of sit down and plan two years ahead well when there's a new shopping centre we'll approach them and we'll do Brave New World and this is our plan it was very much going there's an exciting opportunity here what's the right thing to do in this space and what do we feel and it's quite emotional decision a lot of the time it will be there's an opportunity to do a thing how how much do you really feel in your sounds so cheesy but in your sort of inner being in your heart that that that's the show and the opportunity that you believe in and you want mm. to do and there have been some along the way where I was thinking oh yeah this is and you'll sort of put it to creation team and people look a bit disinterested and you go okay that's not happening then yeah that's not happening because the you know the wages and the the amount of work you have to put into making a show you've got to believe in it and you've got to be excited about it yeah and then it just it feels like the next kind of even the next 12 months could be any any number of things. I think it's a quite a common question if people sort of in like Q and A's and stuff. People ask, "How do you choose the shows?" And it's a bit yeah, of they a like, choose us. We oh. don't choose the shows. <laughs> yeah. The shows kind of come to us out of the universe. Yeah, and between the director <laughs> and the venue and the titles and the kind of repertoire that creation would do, but then that's kind of flexible depending on where you are and yeah. what you're doing. So it's a kind of a bit of an unknowable. Yeah, sort of yeah, and I think at any any point there are there are loads of possibilities, but there are a limited number of of sort of concrete. This is the thing that can happen. So there are a limited number of sort of times of years when you think you could do a show, and and venues that are available at those times, and you know, and then what titles or things go with those. So you know, you can't just pluck out thin air. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely if we did Merchant of Venice in the Blavatnik building? Because actually, you know, <laughs> that may not fit with the Blavatnik buildings agenda. Not that we've ever approached them, but you know, like <laughs> that it, it sort of is is kind of testing the water with different venues, finding out how up for it they are, finding out when they have gaps, when they could accommodate. Because it's a big undertaking having a creation show. The way we are, because we don't get that funding, 
we can't do a show for two nights. I mean, I think even lots of those who get funding can't either. You know, once you, you're looking at, I mean, a cheap show is probably £70,000 and an average show is probably £100,000. So you, you're, and that, you're never going to get that money back for two nights. <laughs> and some of that's a running cost. So even if we knock the running cost off, you're maybe looking at forty or £50,000. Mm. You're not going to get that money back in a two nights of performance. So you have to do a minimum of four weeks, maybe five. Oh, a kettle on the other side of the room just switched itself on. That's a bit weird. Um, you know, and a minimum of kind of four or five weeks to have any chance of recouping those costs. So there aren't that many venues, lots of exciting venues in Oxford, and lots of them would happily have creation, but generally they're thinking one or two nights, yeah. and generally we don't have projects. Or, or if we made projects that were so transferable they could go anywhere, they wouldn't be as exciting. What makes the shows exciting is they're designed for the spaces that they're in. Um, so yeah so you generally find yourself with only a limited number of spaces and possible shows and you know and then you have the thing of well we can't do Hamlet because we did it two years ago and you know it's got to be let's give it a bit more time before we revisit it or what's exciting what would you know if we did Romeo and Juliet next year what's exciting about that Romeo and Juliet why is it different to the last one why should Mm. people come back and see it why why do we really care about it and if you don't have those answers then you don't do it and you kind of wait for the (laughs) wait for the opportunity that you do feel is right i should probably let lizzie go because she's got to go and do some filming this afternoon um for brave new world because it's got this ginormous video screen in the middle of the Westgate, which is going to show kind of skype call well not skype what's what's the skype of the future video calls between characters and yeah so (laughs) being chief executive at creation means all sorts of things including going and filming first of all it involves moving lots of uh, boxes of stuff from the upstairs to my car that's the bulk of my job charlie's job jenny's job maddie's job yeah just moving Emma's job charlotte's job is just moving things just moving <laughs> one item from one location to another location <laughs> and then a bit later moving it back again maybe we should consider this vr thing or go into world. removals yes we could have a spin-off have company a the next yeah. 10 years yeah, we creation are removals <laughs> okay cool well thank you for that i shall let it go um and uh, yeah we'll see one show opening next week and one the week after summer begins <laughs> for listening to the creation theater podcast you can find more episodes and all the latest creation news at creationtheatre.co.uk.